four more tournaments left for the 2022 inaugural American Mini Golf Alliance season. We'll preview all four of those tournaments and much more on this episode of the podcast. Oh, hey, you betcha. It's Tom here, you know, from Minnesota. I go by the nickname Mr. T, I'm half of a couple of putts. You can find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself and the big putter at a couple and on social media at couple putts. You can find our course and whole design work at mini golf designers and merch at minigolfgoods.com. Don't you know? And I'm Pat, co founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Man. I've dabbled in nearly all aspects of mini golf over a 21 year career, and I think I've finally gotten way too much into the European style of the game because this past week I found myself inventorying my balls. It's all about firmness, bounce, and weight. In case Hey-o. you you can find all <laughs> you can find all of our penguin fun potentially at some point our ball inventory by looking for putting penguin on all the socials. And while you're out there scrolling, don't forget to follow Podcast Mini accounts as well. Finally, and if you're lo- if you're in love with our fine podcast, why wouldn't you be with double entendres like that? Make sure you are liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. And this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. If you didn't know it already, you will know it by the end of this podcast. This newly launched group of mini golf enthusiasts, including both your hosts, are organizing to bring together people passionate about the game of miniature golf in all its forms. Become a member for free still at amaminigolf.com through the end of the month, and we'll send you a membership card in the mail. You can also find updated national rankings, which we ran through last episode, as well as merch and all the info you'll need about our upcoming tournaments in September. And we have a very exciting announcement for a new sponsor since the last episode. We had been talking to them for a while. We've been big fans of them for a while. But Walkabout Mini Golf for VR is the newest sponsor. They are the biggest, in our opinion, best VR mini golf game, mini golf video game, you name it. It is a savior in those winter months. And it has been awesome in the pandemic to stay in touch with people. I've played with a ton of people overseas that play competitive mini golf numerous times. And it feels like I already know them because I've had these conversations in these fun courses. And to top it off, as part of their sponsorship of our season, Walkabout Mini Golf is going to provide an Oculus headset for the winner of the season overall. It's about a $300 value. So that's a pretty cool bonus. And as a little bit of a preview, we're likely going to incorporate Walkabout as one of our events in 2023. And so that will give you a little bit of a head start in practicing for another tournament to come down the road. And we'd also like to thank one of our other sponsors of both the podcast and AMA, Bertie. Bertie is a pencil and scorecard holder lanyard that's inexpensive and a pretty good scoring accessory for those who enjoy mini golf. Bertie is sponsoring the AMA season, as I mentioned, and if you compete at the upcoming tournaments, specifically the Miniest Open or Matterhorn, which we'll talk about in a little bit, you'll get a chance to check out and use one of the Bertie's pencils and scorecard holders while you compete. We know a few folks were using them at the O Street Tournament a few weeks ago, and 
looked like they were enjoying it. So come on and out and get yours at one of our tournaments. And before we jump into the news, we want to do a little bit of a recap of a tournament that just happened this past Sunday, August 28th, at the Shack in Mannheim, PA. As I mentioned, it was organized by Scott Klein, who is a USPMGA member, regularly plays the Masters, and was a fantastic person to be paired with over at Hawaiian Rumble. Had my best round ever with him there, and he and I were exchanging about how we really can't do any better being paired up. He's a blast to play with, and he crushed it at the Shack. The course has a wild par of 77, and he had rounds of 60 and 62, so he was a collective 32 under par. There were several other people that competed in it that didn't even come close. He really crushed it, but we had some great putters in John Holland, Jared Mutter, Elmer Lawson, Bill Mezier and others who competed at the Shack in this inaugural tournament. We're so excited to see Scott pull this one off. It's always hard to do your first tournament, but we love what he's doing on his home course and representing by just completely crushing it on the course. So great job by you, Scott. Look forward to seeing you at the Masters. And for all of you who live in the Lancaster, PA area, mark this one on your calendar. I imagine they'll be doing it again next August. And now... We're going to do a little bit of quick news before we jump into the tournaments. And the big news is that Popstroke is going to have a huge tournament in October at their Sarasota location, where they're going to have both an individual and teams competition for $125,000 combined purse. If you don't know the Popstroke courses, these are a series of courses, kind of a small chain that's continuing to grow that is partially owned by Tiger Woods. I know there's a bunch of these courses down in Florida, including in Orlando, and I believe they're gonna be opening up one in the West Palm Beach area. But the Sarasota location is the biggest, and this is a tournament that has a connection to the kind of left for dead major series of putting that is back, and that has some affiliation and is gonna be helping run this tournament. Honestly, we just recommend listening to the 54 Problems podcast. They did a great interview with the founder of MSOP, the major series of putting that kind of goes through the whole tournament. It's a lot. I know that they filled almost all of the spots. It's in October between the 26th and the 28th. You can find lots of information online. We'll talk about it later, but that was a big announcement. Head over to 54 Problems. They'll fill you all in. And another set of amazing news, especially for us here at the podcast, just in the past 24 hours, season five casting for Holy Moly was announced. It was all over the social medias. There was some interesting tidbits that we read into it there, including making sure that you have a passport this year. So dun, dun, dun. Be interesting to see where some filming is and how that works out. But we're going to have, obviously, a ton of thoughts about this. It gives us some job security at the podcast for probably next year as they have episodes that come out. And we hope for beyond season five. But if you are interested, you can, again, go to the Holy Moly social media. They have the links out to Mystics Arts where you can apply and um, go through kind of the normal routine of videos and interview type stuff that that part hasn't really changed over the past few years. Um, but this be interesting to see if this also means more international seasons as well. Um, so we will have plenty of speculation 
plenty of information as we hear more, and we'll obviously be encouraging all of the folks we know who haven't been on Holy Moly yet to sign up. And I'm think I'm trying to convince my yeah. brother to actually do it. So yeah, we we have some people that. that we know in Minnesota that we're going to try to help with their applications. We're excited to see anybody who loves the game of mini golf try to get on the show because, frankly, there's not a lot of people whose major passion is mini golf. There's a lot of people who might say it, but they either like golf a little bit more or just say it to be on TV. So it is what it is. Apply for Holy Moly Season 5. Maybe, heck, it's they're filming Season 6 as well for how they've done in the past. We'll talk way more about it. For now, we just want to give one more quick shout-out before we do a preview of the upcoming tournaments, and it's the one-shot golf. You can control real-world golfing robots and compete against others daily. It's a skills-based mobile app on Android and iOS in the U.S. and Canada that puts you in control of those golfing robots for the true-to-life esports experience. They're sponsoring our AMA season and providing prizes for the people with the most hole-in-ones at several tournaments, including the Matterhorn Pro-Am and the Miniest Open in Minnesota. And you can putt when ready. Okay, we're through our sponsors and we are super grateful, honestly, to have so many sponsors that are directly related to mini golf and things that we honestly stand behind ourselves. We've used all of these things. I've played somewhere in the ballpark of 560 straight days of one-shot golf and I haven't tired of it yet and have won some cool prizes. So I have to finish my rounds for today. Oh, get those in, get those (laughs) in. And we're going to jump right in to the preview of the final four American Mini Golf Alliance tournaments for 2022, and they're all happening in September. Pat, do you want to kick it off and do a quick review of the scoring system and the ranking? Yep. So the four tournaments we have coming up, we have two that are white level tournaments, two that are red level tournaments. So this works out pretty well. Um, You can find the details about our scoring system and the rankings at amaminigolf.com. But at a very high level, we give points for the winner on down, sort of NASCAR style, where you get one point less for every point or every place you're behind the winner. The white level tournaments give higher bonus points for being in the top three than the red do. And then we do some averaging and bonuses thrown in there for low rounds and tournaments played to come up with kind of a, I guess if you want to call it a somewhat weighted average ranking system that is at least hopefully designed to favor people who do well in multiple tournaments. And again, it's our first year really looking at this, so we will see how it all plays out. Uh, We talked a little bit about where the rankings sit. Uh, in the last episode, but it's going to be pretty interesting, especially when we talk about these next two tournaments on the docket, how they impact first place, because Justin and I are both tied and Justin and I both have wins in the upcoming tournaments here. So there's going to be some closeness. I know David Biggie, who's in third place, is also coming up to Matterhorn. Matt Lyles, who's tied for third place, is playing in Matterhorn. I think Aaron's coming up for Matterhorn. So there's going to be a lot of shuffling in the top five. And then as we get down to, we got David and Wendy Torini at six and seven. Tom, you're tied with seventh. You're going to have some stuff with the miniest open going on. And then we have Richard Petrie and Tom Schweiss, who I don't know if Tom He's thinking play. about it. Him and Mick are thinking of coming up to the miniest, and because they've only played in a red tournament, whatever they do in the white tournament will be fully additive, and they'll get those two bonuses. So it could it could be a big one. Yep. 
And we've got a lot of people kind of sniffing the top 10 too, right behind them. So any amount of, you know, doing well in one of these white or red tournaments can really change stuff around, but it's, it's going to be interesting and we're going to have our hands full, keeping everything up to date with so many tournaments in such a short period of time, but we will do our best, especially on the socials to keep stuff updated so you can see how stuff but go to the ranking section because pat is doing like some shorthands where number one is pat sheridan (laughs) which is my co-host and number two is justin seymour who's more or less his like connecticut uh, arch enemy where they go back and forth in tournaments both of them are incredible putters both finished in the money last year at the masters i guess justin just fell short of the money at the masters last year but both of them have been playing competitively for a while i can speak at a distance having played in two tournaments with you guys at odita and at o street this year and having played the masters with you both last year and o street last year as well that you two are consistently near the top of the field in all the tournaments that you play in so it's no surprise that you two are tied for first especially both having one events yeah and we'll be i mean we'll dive into this a little bit here but the next two events, Justin is the reigning champion at Dolphin. I'm the reigning champion at Matterhorn. And we both have wins on both of those courses. So um, it'd be, it's going to come down to like a place or two, at least between us. But then, you know, stuff behind us could jump up too. I actually would not be surprised if Matt Lyles makes a big push for it because he won a mm-hmm. non-AMA tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And he does well at Matterhorn too. So if he wins there, that's a big shakeup. That could mm-hmm. potentially happen as well. And as you talked about the weighted scores, if both you and Justin really don't play as well as you normally play in both of those tournaments, it could mean a big shift in points because the weight that you have from winning those tournaments will be counterbalanced by a poor finish in that same tier of tournament. So you're going to be really angling to do really well here at Dolphin because it's another red tournament and you have only really room to lose versus... Justin really needs to do really well in the white tournament. Again, you have the bonus points for getting the top three in general that any sort of points you quote unquote lose, you know, with the weighted average, you'll make up with those bonus points and for the bonus points for if you get low rounds or if you've played multiple tournaments, that's all additive after you've played your second tournament. So you both are going to be looking at probably four bonus points for multiple tournaments. And I think Aaron and Biggie will be looking in that same area and that'll make all the difference. Yeah. So let's dive into actually how some of these play out. So the first one we got coming up is in a little over a week here next weekend from when we're recording. It is the Lee Stoddard Dolphin Open up at Dolphin Mini Golf in Booth Bay, Maine. It's held September 10th and 11th. So it's 10 rounds over two days. It's eight rounds on the 10th, two rounds on the 11th um it's the 29th year they've done it most of the years has been that format there was a little bit in between with covid and and some other stuff when lee passed away that they bounced around different styles and stuff but it's been a a minimum every year it's been at least six rounds so it's always been a long tournament but it's a short quick playing course and the fun thing about that is if you've ever been in maine you know after labor day because we played morning, afternoon, evening, and then morning again, we could get like five seasons worth of weather <laughs> in 24 hours. So you're really like getting the full experience of what the conditions of that course will be like 
which is, is pr- pretty cool and pretty fun. It's used to be a USPMGA tournament for a while. Obviously, it's an AMA tournament now. It's I've always called it like a vacation tournament because it's a great place to spend the weekend. A lot of people who play in the tournament have always made a long weekend out of it to enjoy Maine. And so it, it has a little bit different style, both in the, the length and how people come up than some of the other one-day tournaments that are there. The course specifically, so the course record's a 29. Normally in the tournament, about the lowest we usually see is about 32. So there's a lot of aces out there, but really like I was thinking about the last four or five holes have a lot of chances for threes. So that's why you don't get like the putt-putt style or even like the Aloha consistent rounds um, in the 20s, but you can ace every hole that's out there and every hole out there will be aced multiple times. So a lot like tee time in that as well. So give us a little bit of like context how long are some of these holes? I think I saw the videos once, but it's been a minute. Is there, is there much like moving parts, windmills or any of that? There's a little combination. There are two moving obstacles on there. There's a couple static obstacles, like there's a fisherman's house and bridge. And then probably about half the course is, it's not, it's not quite putt-putt style, but like that length of hole. So not super mm-hmm. long. A lot of just like ricochet bounce up into the cup sort of thing, especially on the first seven holes where a lot of aces like you could run for seven holes all aces theoretically wow um with three probably being the hardest so you know not not super long so the rounds play fast i mean that's why we can play so many rounds in a day is um you you just get through them there's not a lot of places where you have to line up and take your time with a second putt because normally if you miss one of two things are going to happen. You're going to either hit the obstacle and still be 10 feet away, or you're going to be pretty close to the cup and tap in. So the rounds move fast. I mean, I think average, we talk about low, but you're usually in like the 35, 36 range over the 10 rounds. So right around par. It's a tournament that's changed a lot over the years. Like 10 years ago, there was definitely an upper crust of people who kind of just crushed it, similar to like a USP MGA tournament. And over the years, those people have either retired or just stopped playing. And so all of us who were like in that fifth through 10th range have now all moved up and it's just super, super close in there. And it's an easy course to learn, which is really nice about it. Like it's not, it's not super finessey the way a putt-putt course would be. Like you have mm-hmm. to hit that point all the time to get the ace. You know, there's some variation. So it's, I think it's a welcoming atmosphere and a welcoming course if you're willing to put yourself through that grind at the end of the day. What is the nearest city? Like, is it just kind of Portland. in the middle? <laughs> okay, so it's it's because it's a bit of a hike from yeah from from Auburn where the guys at Tabor's play. It's a bit of a hike for you from like yeah, it's about an hour from Auburn. It's about four and a half to five hours from Central Connecticut. Okay. There. So, I mean, that's roughly where you're in. But if you were to fly in, you'd fly into Portland and it's about a maybe hour, 15, hour and a half away from Portland. Wow. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit off the beaten path and it's going to be a thing that people in Maine and the Northeast are driving to and going out of the way to play. Yep. Cool. Uh, but hey, and talk about it. So Justin Seymour, he's going for his fourth in a row. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It, we're all out there to to get it. I mean, I, I we mentioned I got a shot. Our friend Highlighter's got a shot. There's a couple locals, Evan and Caleb, who are always right up there. So that's one where it is really just fun to see the scores. And I 
I imagine we're going to see a win that's not more than like three or four strokes over the 10 rounds there. And then we move on to the next weekend with very little room between the two because I got to get ready to run the Matterhorn International Program. This is our sixth year. It's being held on September 17th. Um, We've brought it down to three rounds. We used to be at five rounds. We'll probably bump it up at some point, but we have both a pro and amateur division. So if you listen to this, you want to go out against the pros, it's only $40. Um, I should probably mention the Dolphin one's $50 to get in. Still excellent. It's like five bucks a round. Um, the, the amateur division in Matterhorn's $25. You both get to play three rounds. Um, we'll give out prizes to the amateurs. Uh, there's about a, just under a thousand dollar purse for the pros and we'll pay down potentially to eighth place, depending on how many pros we get. Although the early signups are looking good. Our course record there is only a 35. Our tournament record's a 36. Um, We've got all the stats from previous years up on the MatterhornProAm.com website. Probably looking at like a 39 average for winning the pro. So if you've played that course and shoot low 40s, maybe the pro is a good place for you. 41-ish, 42-ish is probably going to be the amateur average score. Again, with three rounds, the scores are bound to be close. I think last year we had multiple people tied after two rounds for first place, and then we had a first place playoff last year. We're going to have at least one, if not two, playoffs this year. I can guarantee it because there's, there's just not that much variation. It's kind of like tea time in that the top group of players are all going to score very similar. Um, so the same group of people I know, Justin and Highlight are going to be out for me this year. I would love to repeat, but I will have to shout out to Jonah Hurley, who has been with us since day one. I think he was 12 when he started, has been either in the top four or sniffing it and lost to me in a playoff for first place last year. So if I was a betting man, I would say he's got a good chance to to knock one of us off that. And if you play in the pros, we do a special skin rounds afterwards that we pick four names out of a hat and you have a chance to win more money. So a little bit of incentive to go there. And that's where the bigger points for AMA are going to be. So we hope, you know, people come out to these. If you're in the new England area, like I said, I know we've seen some new signups and so very excited to see what that brings. And Hey, if you're not in the new England area, at least by the 17th, the leaves are changing. So come up and leave peep for a weekend. Yeah. And we were fortunate when my wife and I went out to Odita that we got a take in both Farmington and Matterhorn back to back and no shade against Farmington at all because we really enjoyed that course. But Matterhorn was definitely our favorite course that we played in Connecticut. And in our tiers that we have for rating courses, it gets our highest tier hole in one. I mean, we kind of knew in advance just because Autumn who runs it is so diligent about keeping that place on theme interesting and well-maintained. It all lived up to the hype. We went to go play it. I think I got a 43 my second time playing it, but you need to probably be in what the low, mid to high thirties. I mean, you gotta be, we'll average the pro. We'll probably average about a 39, potentially a 38, 38 and a half to win for just three rounds. So yeah, there's very little room to, to mess up and it's got the like of really the ama tournaments i've played this year it's probably got the best consistent putting surface Hmm. there it is like you said well maintained the putts roll really really true there's 
one or two holes that are just like a little funky, like the ski jump hole doesn't use mm. action. But that's for the most part doesn't really come into play for almost everybody. It's a tap into if it doesn't get the ace. So it's doesn't have a huge impact. But everything else, like you're putting rolls and there's there's a few that got breaks, but that, that's what I like about it. It's got that, you know, the style and the aesthetic is there and it's got a bunch of obstacles, but you it it's got obstacles very different than the way tea time has obstacles and the way they yeah. use it. Yeah. And the holes are considerably longer oh, yeah. than tea time. I mean, it's night and day. It's a really big facility with, and it, it's really nice. Once you get in it, it feels really immersive. It's got lots of cool environments, the covered bridge, instead of it being a little covered bridge you hit through, it's like full on, like you walk underneath it. I, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool course. Honestly, if I hadn't been traveling already so much this year, it would probably be top of my list to play probably next year. I don't know. We'll see. But it's, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how the results go. It's going to be a big, big game changer for the season results. It could be you. It could be Aaron. It could be Matt Lyles. It could be Justin Seymour. I don't know if Highlighter can make up a lot of points, but he I mean, wins he could both. If he wins, yeah. Both, both Dolphin and Matterhorn. He could do it too. He's, you know, highlighter for those who don't know him. Mark Novicki, he played in the Masters last year. And of our whole group of folks from up north, he had the best showing and uh, took home a little bit of cash last year, if I'm correct, right? He was behind me at the Masters. But oh. he won Mount Atlanticus. Oh, that's right. For some reason, for some reason, I thought that Mark going into the last two rounds was ahead of everybody, correct? Yeah, he was... Or we were very close, and I ended up ahead of him. But then he won Mount Atlanticus. And yeah, he was on... We had um for one episode after Mount Atlanticus, if we want to scroll That's back right. through the feed. Um, That's right. And then one last point on the Matterhorn, if you, again, are happy to be playing, are happy to be in Connecticut and listening to this. The next two Tuesdays, we do have league at 6 o'clock. Just drop in, 20 bucks, two rounds. It's good practice for the tournament. And you can get some soft serve afterwards, so... Oh, yeah. Why not? And oddly enough, on the same day as the Matterhorn Open, we have another AMA event. You might ask why. It's because it's a considerable amount of distance from Matterhorn. It is the Branson Open that'll be at Coral Reef Indoor Mini Golf in Branson, Missouri. This is an event being put on by the Show Me Putters, which is a group of Missouri-based mini golfers. For those of you who don't know, Missouri is the Show Me State. Hence the group, Show Me Putters. I didn't say that last podcast for some reason, but wanted to give some context. Again, this is, I think, our only indoor course being played for our whole season, which is cool. And they just not too long ago, around August 20th, had one of their many uh, events that they have at a handful of courses in Missouri. And it was at the Coral Reef Indoor Mini Golf. They had an aces-only tournament. They had nine folks that showed up and played three rounds, and this gives you maybe some context of this course, but over three rounds, the winner, it looked like Jody Kimball and Brian Seawold had tied and had a playoff, a sudden death playoff, where they got 18 hole-in-ones over three rounds. So that leads me to believe that it's fairly aceable. Of the nine people that played, the worst that anybody did over three rounds was eight, it looks like. So between two and seven were the amounts that people are acing on those courses. So 
I expect there'll be some pretty low scores out of this tournament and excited to see what comes out of it. And, you know, I've seen Don Lazader, Eric Feig, Jody Kimball, Brian Seawald, and a number of other people that have been going to these events regularly. The cool thing is, is Eric works at the Coral Reef Indoor Mini Golf. So he's really helped foster in these events in what is a very, very busy tourist town in the United States, Branson, Missouri. I was going to say, have you done Branson at all? Branson's on my no. mini golf like bucket list. It's on my list. I know they have a bunch Bat and there. Pigeon Forge. Yep. It's it's one of those family-friendly cities. I think people know it because isn't Moon River? All I know it is from a Simpsons episode. That Maybe involves that's Moon River. it. Yeah, it involves Moon River, Simpsons. But that's the Branson Open. It is Saturday, September 17th. It has a $1,000 first place. Tea time is at 8 a.m. and they have practice starting at 7 a.m. Entry fee is $25 a player, eight rounds. So you're going to get a lot of mini golf for your buck. Even if you just want to go and you're not good and you want a few AMA points, you're paying a little over $3 a round for eight rounds of mini golf. So good on you. And then that leaves one final tournament for the AMA 2022 season, and that will be the third annual miniest mini golf open at Lily Putt Mini Golf in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, hosted by myself and my wife, a couple of putts. This is the third time that we've run this tournament. We started it off two years ago during the pandemic as we were looking around and being like, we need a competitive mini golf tournament in Minnesota. And prior to that, there has been nothing. There is no annual tournaments. And so we thought, it's COVID. Keep it really simple. How do we do a single round championship? Which is why it's the miniest. It's just one round. That's changing though. (laughs) But the way that we did it was, and it's a similar model in some ways to what the Red Putter is doing, is that we have a qualifying period. And during that time, if you get below par and you're in like the top 10 below par we had done in the past, you're invited for a championship single round. And we did that two years. It went really well. We had anywhere between 30, 40 people play each year. The nice thing about the qualifying period is you can play multiple rounds. The first round, there's like a base price of $20 and you can pay $10 to play another round to get a lower qualifying score. We wanted to make sure though, that if people qualified, that the prizes were kind of kept to people that had legitimate verifiable scores. So pretty much the only prizes are for the top three or four in the tournament. And you can see all of it for this year's at a couple of putts.com slash open. But the idea is if you fudged your qualifying score and you got in, you're just going to kind of embarrass yourself with a bunch of competitive putters. So the first year I ended up surprising to myself because it's one of the first mini golf tournaments I was ever in. I ended up in the championship So we went to a final death putt-off after I aced hole 18 to tie Eric Hasilius with a 56. And on that sudden death playoff, we went for a while, but Eric won it. I did not get another ace on 18 and came in second that first year. So best score was a 56 on the par 66 course. And then the next year, We did a single round again, and we had a number of other people from local league that came out. And in our single round championship, I improved my score from 56 to a 52, which was a personal best at the time. But Sean Brown, 
who is, I guess, sort of my arch nemesis locally. <laughs> He's kind of everybody's because he just cleans up in our local leagues. He scored a course record 46 minus 20 in a oh. single round championship. I have literally never seen anybody come close to that. I've played that course a lot. They fixed up a bunch of stuff this year so that it's not as funky and it's a little bit better for scoring. And I got my first 48 on it, but it's pretty tough. I practiced it tonight. Scores that are good, probably in like the mid to low 50s to win it. The deal is with the course is that there are very few aceable holes. We are talking some holes that from tee off to the cup, 60, 70 feet, just with water in between and what have you, they're really long. It's all about setting up your second putts on a number of them. And I expect with the fixed course this year, we might see some more low scores. But this year, we changed the format just a little bit. With it being an AMA tournament, we wanted to have a little bit more of an opportunity where one hole wouldn't just completely kill you. If we had one round and it was the round at the tee time for the $1,000 tournament, Justin's five on the Gator completely ruins what otherwise was a great day of putting. So we moved it to two rounds. It's going to be long given the size of the course, but gives a little bit of an opportunity for you to have a bad hole or two, which is very easily possible on this long course. This year, the way it's going to work is we're going to have our longest qualifying period of time that we've ever had. It's going to start on September 17th, same day as the Branson Open in Matterhorn, and it will go all the way through the following Saturday till 6 p.m. on September 24th. During any of that period of time, you can play as many rounds as you would like to get better scores, but ultimately, the people who have the top 20 scores will be invited back. They don't pay an extra fee. It's $20 to play your initial qualifying round and 10 to play extra. The top 20 get invited back to play a two-round championship starting at 9 a.m. on Sunday, September 25th. We have a homemade trophy. We have a bunch of prizes to give away, including a putt 18 mat for first place. And we'll mention them a little bit later. And it should be a lot of fun. I know that we have a few people traveling. I think Aaron from O Street is going to make the trip. And I think RJ Duzak, who has been playing in the MC Mini Masters and in our local league, might make the trip from Wisconsin as well. So we're hoping that it can be a destination tournament in the Midwest, but at the very least can be a place for some of our better Minnesota putters to represent. I could tell you all sorts of crazy things about the course, what to avoid and all that. But the good thing is as a couple of putts, and we'll share it out as AMA as well, we're doing a hole by hole kind of walkthrough of the entire course up until the qualifying starts. I will say that if you get there early and you want to practice the big holes that you want to get down where you can really lose some strokes, hole number seven and hole number 10 and hole number 11. You can get in so much trouble on all of those holes that trying to dial in those putts is really hard. You want to not get in trouble. You'll see them on our feed and you'll see what I mean. We had to, we're going to have to reshoot our walkthrough through hole number seven because the person who played it ended up getting the par, which was five. And they're like, oh, geez, they missed their like putt for a four. And we had to go back and redo it because. It's a hard hole. You get a bad position from your first putt 
you can take some wild swings and it can get you in deep trouble. So that's the miniest open. It's our third annual one. I'm excited to be hosting it on a course that I have played since I was a kid. I remember there being tournaments there when I was a kid. And I think that was my first exposure to competitive mini golf. The local gas station chain, oddly enough, called Tom Thumb, same name as the major chain of mini golf back in the 50s. They were the ones sponsoring it. So a gas station was sponsoring it and thought, where did that go? Maybe we should bring it back. And we did. So miniest open. It's going to be fun. Pat, you've not played. You've not played any mini golf in Minnesota. I've played no mini golf in Minnesota yet. That's that's on the list. I got to come out to you one of these days. The Are we the only state that has mini in the... <laughs> in in our name? Yeah, I mean, I guess he would be, right? I think that's it. It's not like Mississippi right. or <laughs> like Mini Bama. <laughs> yeah, Mini Tana. Utah? Mini Utah? <laughs> I, it's yeah, we're the only one that has it. And we're mini and we have Minneapolis. So, I guess we're all about the mini golf. We do have a lot of regulars have been playing in league, so I expect a pretty good turnout of people that know that course well, and we'll see what happens. It going to be a fun one i do think it's amusing that both your tournament and our tournament have sponsorship for the most hole-in-ones and are probably the tournaments that will have the least overall hole-in-ones i was just looking last year it's like our hole-in-one winner had four hole-in-ones over three rounds which actually is a little bit low for matterhorn on average but like i won last year and only had two hole-in-ones over three rounds so i would put money on it that the winner over two rounds has maybe three, maybe. If if you watch the videos, you'll see Sean Brown, who honestly won it, him winning it last year and has played that course really well. He's the odds on favorite to win it. I hope that I'm somewhere in the running. I've come in second twice on it. It'd be cool to win it, but I just want to play my game and play well. If Sean gets Sean gets below 46, I'll be happy to come in second <laughs> anywhere anywhere close to that. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen with two rounds. There's going to be a lot of pressure. And as far as hole-in-ones go, it's like holes 2, 4, 10, 17, and 18. And honestly, you have to take some pretty big risks to get a hole-in-one on 17. And frankly, on 4, the line to get the hole-in-one does get a little bit dicey where you could all of a sudden go from what should be a 2 at the very minimum to a three. So there's all sorts of high risk shots that can get you in deep trouble. And you'll get to see videos kind of talking through them up until the 17th. Oh yeah. Other top competitors. Uh, I'll, I'll just shout out Brady Storhoff, Matt Rolstad. If RJ Duzak plays, I think they'll all have a really good chance at winning it. Eric Asilius, who's been in the top five the last couple of years. I think Joe Holm, who's played in it the last two years, he could give a good run for his money. And then we have some other league guys like Matt Wyman and his crew that have been coming to events that we'll see what happens. We have some really good putters in Minnesota that have been great to have around, frankly, to keep me improving my game on courses that I've played a lot. I don't know that I'd be pushing to get rounds in the 40s if it wasn't for these guys, and I'm glad to have them. So we've referenced Put 18 a couple times, and we would like to thank them again for being a sponsor of both the AMA and the podcast. So if you're unfamiliar with Put 18, they're an interactive and pretty popular putting mat that is played worldwide. 
It will improve your putting skills. It makes practicing improving your putting fun and in the comfort of your home, own home. It's pretty addictive the way it's set up. Tom and I have been playing it for a couple years now. And again, another great winter and pandemic-based activity. There are international leagues that are available that run throughout the year. They're done via Facebook Live. The newest season is starting on Sunday, September 18th. And if you are interested, you can use the discount code PUT18, so that's 18-1010 to save 10%. And that includes free delivery. So you just pop on over to www.put18.com.au, as they're from Australia. And as we mentioned earlier, at the Minius Mini Golf Open and the Matterhorn Pro-Am, we will actually have PUT18 mats that will be given away to one lucky winner at both of those for something so on to big thoughts mini golf if you remember nothing else from the classic movie happy gilmore you'll know that the key to improving your putt is finding your happy place you're likely not to have the same inspiration as happy as it's probably not easy to concentrate on your putt while thinking about an elderly woman in a kiss mask or thinking about an angel version of Carl Weathers? What you can do though, is to focus your energy in positive places and past successes. For me of late, it has been having music in my ears while practicing and even sometimes when I'm competing. Helps me feel loose and keeps me in a fun mental space. It'll be different for you but I encourage you to find your happy place and to stay in it as long as possible as you attempt to improve your game. But more importantly, just have a bunch of fun playing mini golf. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, pub one ready. Yeah, I got there eventually, but <laughs> the plane landed. The plane, the, the plane didn't totally crash. <laughs>